Hello friends, listening on your mobile devices or your computers, whether you're in Montana, Idaho, Iowa, that's right, Iowa's getting a special shout out on episode 15 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips, uh, coming to you from Saskatoon, it's Clayton Croker, to my left we have Justin Anderson, of course joining us via Skype uh, from the Maritimes, the Maritime Mistress Maker, aka Triple M. Patrick Marsh. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on SoundCloud or Spotify, but we're also on Google Play Music. We're also on iTunes, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're all over it. Just look up Bat Flips, Maple Dips. Instagram and Twitter might be tougher. At uh, BFMD Podcast. Look it up. We're funny as shit sometimes. Uh, we're just going to go over the week that was. We're going to go over uh, the week that's coming up. Uh, our roundtable discussion today, too, uh, focusing on the outfield for the Jays for next season. Because, well, that's all we're doing right now on Batflips and Maple Dips. <laughs> Looking forward to next season because uh, this season has been a train wreck. Uh, first question for you guys today. Um in one word, describe the Jays' season so far. Before we dig into the week that was, I want to hear what you guys think of the year so far. Using just one word. I'm putting you on the spot. Disappointment. Patrick? Blister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about it. I can't top blister, so I, I don't even have one. Because blister, that's a good one. I think that just sums up the Blue Jays' season. Just, just something... Like- so minor that just affects everything. If it was two words, it would have been calf strain. Calf strain. Okay, that's too soon, man. Yeah. Way too soon, Justin. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the week that was. Uh, we had that uh, final game about against Tampa Bay. 10-3 win. Not looking too bad. Um, is it still weird for you guys picking up a win against Tampa Bay? I always just write us <laughs> off against Tampa Bay, and it's nice to get a, a, get a, get a win against um, the shit race. I mean, Tampa Bay is 15 games over 500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're by far... Uh, not the shit rays anymore. I don't understand. It's the bullpen day. I'm telling you, it's the bullpen day is a thing. I'm all about bullpen days right now. Let's do it. Oh boy, you're saying that now, but uh, if it was our bullpen having a bullpen day, <laughs> you wouldn't be talking about it because our bullpen sucks. Although they did <laughs> not in the 10 3 win, uh, Tapera, Ryan Tapera, the Ryan Tapera, the most beloved Jay on our sure. team uh, here at BFMD. <laughs> Uh, Tim Meza and 100 Miles Giles were all perfect out of the pen. It was set up by Aaron Sanchez, though, who for the first time in a long time looked looked decent. Uh, Six innings pitch, six hits, three earned runs, eight case. That's what Aaron Sanchez does best. He strikes guys out. Uh, Obviously a positive sign, but there has been, well, there have been so many negative signs about Aaron Sanchez so far this year. Patrick, we'll start with you here. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, is he going to start turning things around now that he has a good start under his belt? Uh. Not right away, but he will next year when he's dealing with a fresh, brand-new pitching coach. (laughs) And he can work through what has obviously been a horrible two years with control issues, blisters, and slamming his finger under suitcases and whatever else that has gone wrong in the offseason. So, I mean, this is a good sign. It's good to know he's still capable of performing. Uh, at a expectation level, but I mean, at this point in the season, it's just whatever. I can't wait for week 
to episode two of uh, season two of Batflips Maple Dips when Patrick comes back and says, Aaron Sanchez is back. <laughs> He's not back I yet. can't wait for it. But yeah, maybe we, next epi- year. Episode two of season two, I'm calling it. He's Patrick's going to say Aaron Sanchez is back. He says that about every player, though. <laughs> I know. Week one, this guy is back. <laughs> Devon White is back. <laughs> I love it. It's great. I look uh, forward to it every week. Let's talk about the Cleveland series. Uh, you guys expected us to get swept or win one. We split it. <laughs> we two did it. Two. I predicted a sweep because I'm eternal optimist, but uh, I'll take the splits. <laughs> two and two against Cleveland, not bad. Is it kind of weird that we lost to these guys in the ACL or ALCS two years ago? And now we're a complete dumpster, and they're still killing it. It, it's crazy weird for me. I have a hard time even remembering that series. The ALCS I remember is that stupid Kansas City series from the year prior to the Cleveland series. Because mm-hmm. that stupid Amish kid. It wasn't <laughs> all his fault. It wasn't all Catching his fault. Catching that home run. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my glove was behind the fence. No, the TV clearly shows it wasn't. Anyway, uh, yeah, two years ago, it seems like forever ago, based on these last year and three quarters of brutal Blue Jays baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine a time when we were a winning baseball team. Patrick, is that a kick in the dick for you, seeing <laughs> Cleveland still playing well while we're bad? Nope, not at all. I actually like the Cleveland Indians, uh, putting aside the fact that their name and logo are outdated. Uh, that's a talk for a different episode, but I mean – I, I like this team. They've got a ton of great players. They're all young. They're loving baseball. They're playing well. It's just nice to see a team in the AL Central not be just total effing garbage. <laughs> well, let's talk about one of those players, Francisco Lindor. Uh, he had two home runs in that game. We usually don't talk about the opposition too much here on yeah. the FMD, but Francisco Lindor is so much fun to watch. He's one of those players kind of mm-hmm. like Altuve where it's like you don't really care if he's killing your team in a big game. You're just kind of happy to watch him play baseball. Um, where do you rank Francisco Lindor right now in the majors when it comes to top players and most exciting players to watch? Top five. So would you put Altuve and Trout ahead of him? Would he be number three? No. Um, Trout has had a great – well, he's had a good, very good year. It's actually below – expectations for him for what Mike Trout should be doing Uh, part of that is because the Angels have been mired in both injuries and bad players Um, I think Lindor aside from like if we're talking only about the AL Lindor and Jose Ramirez are pro and Mookie Betts are probably the top three with Altuve maybe being like fourth yeah, Something sure. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, overall in MLB, I would put Lindor ahead of all those guys as far as more exciting to watch. Mm. I don't know if he is as exciting as Acuna in mm. Atlanta. But, I mean, I just I have a lot of respect for a player who plays as hard and with as much zest for the game as Lindor. Interesting. Uh, I think you left out a big name with leaving Aaron Judge off the list. Uh, Aaron Judge is he may be hurt, but when he's healthy, he's a fun player to watch. He's this huge guy, just that's like true. booming home runs. I think it's the fact that he is that huge guy. 
And those yeah. other guys are kind of, you know, more athletic than him. You know, they, they got the speed and stuff like Judge that. Judge is they a good outfielder, too, though. He is a good outfielder, but he's like a boring outfielder. He's like the Jolly Green Giant He makes it look there. easy because he's so lanky. That's the thing. He's so lanky, and he yeah. just doesn't look like those guys. He just doesn't look exciting, you know? He's yeah. got the look of a ball player, but he just doesn't make it, you know, flashy like Lindor or Altuve or Acuna, do, you know? Yeah. Um, Rowdy Teles. <laughs> Let's talk about this guy Let's because this guy is it is this guy a realistic option for our team next year? Like it just kind of seems like he's a joke right now. His name's Rowdy. Like yeah. uh three for four in that game and he killed it all week. But it just kind of seems like, okay, this guy, you know, he's a he's a he's a bigger guy, yeah. he's a jolly guy, he's always got a smile on his face. He just kind of seems I can't really take this guy serious, but should we be taking him serious, Patrick? Uh, it's hard to say whether or not he'll be with the team next year because we do have, we, we've got a lot of boppers already on in the lineup, and I, I don't know where he fits in to to everything. We're we're we, we're gonna have Morales next year no matter what. Uh, T. Oscar has been such an embarrassment in the outfield fielding that I feel like the only place for Hernandez to be at this point is either right field or DH. So like I don't like I don't know where where he fits in. I don't maybe Justin. He'll be the 2020 starting first baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays once Smokes, because we'll pick up Smokes' option for next year, and then we probably won't resign him. True. So that's gonna be my that's my thoughts. I think Rowdy Telez gets one more year in the minors, and he's he's one of the first. It, it, God forbid Smoke gets injured next year because he's a stable part of the lineup. Rowdy would be the first guy up. So where, like, how old is he? Is he have a does he have a big prospect contract right now? I can't imagine he does. No, no, Rowdy. I think he's. Probably about twenty three ish. So I'm he's still relatively right young. He's not one of those late bloomer 27, 28 yeah, year old kind of guys. Old. He looks he'll, like he's he'll, thirty. He'll be twenty four next year. Yeah. Okay. He looks older he than just he is. Looks like that guy who came out to like a beer league baseball team and exactly. just smack dingers. <laughs> like he just doesn't look the part. My name is Big Rowdy and I hit dingers. And like he can play. I didn't really watch him play first base a whole bunch when he was in. He can pick it. He can? Oh, yeah. Okay, because that he just doesn't look like a ball player. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, you can't really take him serious. It's kind of like with Manure Kawasaki. Yeah. Everyone just knew him for the interviews and kind of being <laughs> silly and bush potty and that kind of thing. With Telez, it just kind of seems like he's our, like, like beer-drinking backup first baseman, you know? Like Fair a enough. really, like, throwback to the old baseball days, you know? Yeah. But he proved it all week long. Uh, he looked good in that 3-2 to two Blue Jays walk-off win. Kevin Pillar, um, you guys can hate on him all you want. And I know that his batting average is bad. I know that his on-base is bad. Okay, I get that. It's a passion thing because Kevin Pillar sometimes does things like this. And he wins the game for the Jays, and he plays really, really well, and he does it for the boys. What was his stat line the rest of that game? I'm Not great, but you know what? <laughs> he, he He's great in the field, and you know what? The guys really, really love him. Um, so, again, Kevin Pillar, is he changing your guys' mind? I know you guys no. were hating him on Twitter. Uh, at BFD, B, at BFMD podcast, you guys were just ripping him apart. I uh, yeah, I was having some fun on Twitter with Kevin Kevin Pillar stats and whatnot, but his his on base percentage is two seventy five. Yeah, it's not great. It's not even thirty points higher than his average. I know, but. Whatever. He makes cool plays he in the outfield every two weeks. He would not be on Billy Bean's team, weeks. that's for sure. No, not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> Kevin Pillar, are you changing your mind a bit here, Patrick, or no? <laughs> no. All right, hey, moving he, on. He, he, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> then. If you guys are just going to no, no, shit no, 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 on no, no, Kevin Pillar. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Look, look. Kevin Pillar, you hit a clutch home run that was a walk-off. Everybody was so happy. It was exciting. 
Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the beautiful memory of that walk-off home run in a meaningless game. Um, but you're probably going to be done in Toronto sooner than you think. Yes. Agree to disagree, gentlemen. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Uh, again, we also <laughs> like to crap on the bullpen here on Batflips Maple Always. Dips. But uh, five innings of three-hit ball, um, not that bad in that walk-off win. Yeah, good for them. It's kind of like the Kevin Pillar thing for you guys. Yeah, good for them. Whatever. I'm over it. So they yeah, have one it's... good game, and Clayton's over here praising them. I'm so know. sick no, and tired it's of fine. them. We can, we, can, we can tell them they did a good job one time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, you know, not really looking great, um, your yeah. boy, Justin. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sean Reed Foley. Um, the five walks in that start when yeah. the Indians won 9-8, to eight, he only had three strikeouts and he had five walks. Mm-hmm. Again, he's so up and down. We've said it before, and we'll say it yeah. again here on the podcast. Is he trustworthy for the rest of this year? We'll not look into the next the season, but like, what do we do with this guy? Does it matter if he's trustworthy? Like this year? again, it doesn't really matter. This he's, year is a throwaway. Yeah, so. we're like, we, and we we've seen like our boy Ryan Baraki's been good for the most part. We we've, we've seen some shaky starts, and even after uh, we talked about Sean Reed Foley having his big ten strikeout game against the Marlins, I think we all agreed that like there's going to be some growing pains. Still, like, this is a young kid. This, mm-hmm. He's in, he hasn't even made. He's this is fifth start. That's maybe his maybe his fourth start in the big leagues. Fifth start maybe. So I mean, once he gets to that thirty start plateau, maybe next year if he if he makes the rotation, mm-hmm. the, we need to see a full year, six months, whatever it is of this guy before we can really make any judgments, um, because he's going to adjust in the offseason. He'll take this experience of getting hit around a few times, and it'll make him better. So it sucks that he's getting kind of rocked and that he's walking a ton of people. But he's got the stuff, and he's. And I think he's got the right uh, catching staff to work with him, with with Jansen and, and Russell Martin, that they'll help him figure his stuff out. See, I don't trust what you say about SRF because you have a huge man crush on him. So I'll trust what he's Patrick has to beard. say about him. No, you're too biased with SRF. I like him. I like so him. we'll go with uh, Patrick's opinion here because <laughs> his boy crush is Ryan Barucki. So I'll trust what Patrick has to say about Reed Foley. What do you think about uh, his up and down year? And should we trust him next year too? I agree with Justin. Horrible Patrick impression, by the way. Nah, I kind of do, but I kind of also don't. Here's the thing. We need somebody to start these games, and we really don't give a shit whether we win or lose, so it might as well be the kids. I would have advocated for him to be out of the bullpen, uh, at least from the moment he got called up. But at this point, you know, we're we're very deep into garbage time, so... (laughs) Let him get out there and figure it out. If he has a great start, great. It helps with his confidence, and he can start to figure things out. If he's bad, I mean, that's fine. It just helps to improve our draft position next year. Uh, speaking so whatever. Of, speaking of back and forth, Aledmus Diaz, 4 for 5 that game. He is the Sean Reed Foley of our batting lineup because, again, <laughs> he's so inconsistent. Yeah. But, I mean, it sucks seeing the Diaz that can go 4 for 5, and then the next week he's going, you know, 0 for 3, 1 for 4, 0 for 4. Yeah. I just wish people on our team were consistent. That's the one thing I miss about our Jays teams. When we had mm-hmm. Edwin and Jose and all those guys, they were so consistent. Yeah. And this team just isn't consistent. We're so up and down. I can't take that about baseball sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Rowdy Telez, first MLB home run. Um, should he bl- platoon between DH and first with Smoke next year? I know we kind of talked about him already. Yeah. But <laughs> what do you think about that idea? Mm, there's just no room for him with Morales in the, on the – 25-man roster, mm-hmm. and, and unless somebody wants to take that contract, I doubt it. 
for a for a guy who only plays DH and emergency first base, I don't see there being any chance of Rowdy being on the big league roster. So Patrick, would you possibly dump Morales for like nothing? Like maybe we get nothing in return for him, we just dump his contract and get Telez up next year? Would that be a uh, realistic option for yeah. you or no? This is a hard thing to deal with when it comes to the Morales contract. It's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed. So no matter what, whether he plays or not, we have to eat the salary. If we trade him, we're going to have to eat salary too, probably more than half of it. So, And it's going to have to be to an AL team, and it's probably going to have to be to an AL team that really badly needs a DH. And if you look around the American League, really isn't anybody who's that desperate for a below average dh so um yeah we might as well just play him even though it's it does kind of uh log jam potential with the dh position i'd like to see a platoon of uh Telez and smoke next year between dh and first but it's contingent on morales either retiring or uh, somehow magically through fairy dust or, uh, arriving on a, a different American League team. I think if we are competing next year, then Morales should stay. So for the start of the year, maybe keep him there. But if we're in full-on rebuild mode after the first two months of next season, why not just dump Morales, get something in return for him, and get Telez up? But, I mean, we're not going to start with Telez because that means, hey, we're kind of giving up on this season. I still think we can compete next year. Maybe not like win the division or anything like that, but maybe surprise people in the in the uh, wild card. But if that doesn't happen, I think we got to dump Morales and get Telez up next year, just kind of earlier than we did this year. Um, also, Grichik had two bombs in that game. He's got 21. Uh, Patrick guessed he'd have 30, and he's nine away. Might happen. Uh, that 6-2 Blue Jays win. Uh, Thomas Pannone, as Patrick would say, oh, he's back. <laughs> oh, he's back. Uh, he had three walks, which is frustrating. But again, six and a third, uh, only two earned runs. He had two Ks. Thomas Pannone, um, again, we talk about Baraki and SRF all the time on this show, but Pannone's kind of the third guy out. Yeah, We've been talking about pitching basically all episode. Let's just keep it going. Thomas Pannone, your guys' thoughts? He looked decent. I got to see most of that game, thankfully. I got to actually watch a ball game for once. Um yeah, the walks were, were in tough counts. So, I mean, he, it wasn't like he was just going up there and throwing four straight balls in the dirt or something. He was working around guys. He only gave up four hits and six and third, so that's pretty solid. He was getting a lot of weak contact, a lot of ground balls, which is huge. Um, and I, I liked what I saw from him. He's, he's, he's kind of like a Ryan Brecky where he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts all the time. He's, he's more of a contact guy too. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. It was a good start. <sighs> Thomas Pannone. He's back. He had a good start, but Pannone has Pannone pa chance and making the starting pitching rotation I'm next so year. I'm so tempted to your mic right like now. That that was, no, we don't like it. That was awful. You don't like that pun? No. Pannone has Pannone chance? Uh, You're reaching. I'll give you a right. 3 out of 10 on that one. All best. right, fine. Thomas Pannone is back. He was solid in this start. I'd like to see him start at least one to two more games before the end of the year. This is what you guys want to hear from me, so I'm giving it to you. There you go. It is Thomas Pannone that he won't be on the pitching rotation next year. that's better. Yeah, boom. Five out of ten. Oh, come on. That's bullshit. That's way better than yours. 
At least mine made Penelope sense. Penelope Chance. <laughs> uh, again, it's weird that we're praising the bullpen because we shit all over the bullpen here hey, on Battlefield Maple Devs. Great job, guys. They have been proving it. Again, where was this three months ago when we were kind of maybe-ish, not really, but deep down we were hoping that we were playing good baseball? It just sucks. Again, the consistency thing is the third time it's come up on this yeah. episode. Why can't our bullpen ever be consistent? Hundred Miles Ooh. Giles though, picking up twenty saves. Uh, Patricka with three Ks. The bullpen had six of them that game. Again, we got to give a shout out to the bullpen because they were yeah. solid all week. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit more with uh, who's hot, who's not. But um, we got to talk about the Randall Grichuk freak injury, hitting the <laughs> stool. Yeah. I heard some people on Twitter. Well, not heard. I saw them because it's Twitter. Twitter. Um, they were like, well, that's why you should never have stools on the side there. Those security guards and the Bat Boys, uh, they have to stand. Yeah, no way. This is like this is the first stool injury, I think, ever in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Maybe. And whenever that kind of stuff happens, <laughs> people are like, oh, no, we got to change the rules. It's fine. It was a freak it's accident. A stool, it happened. Uh, the good news is Grichuk's going to be okay. He's in the lineup tonight. Yeah, that's good. That's if he would have get, if he would have gotten concussed there, I would have, um, I would have predicted another Aaron Hill situation. Remember oh, when Aaron Hill, Aaron Hill got his that. concussion? Don't say that. Hey, it didn't happen. But when ball players get concussions, it's you might not think, yeah. you know, ball players getting concussions, whatever. They sit around and do nothing. But I think it affects them more than football or hockey players because you're always under those lights in baseball, mm. and it's always bright. And I guess you can kind of say the same thing with hockey and football, but it just seems like you're always kind of staring and you're always kind of focusing. Yeah. And that's I've had a bunch of concussions. That's where it gets tough with the light and with focusing. Yeah. And that's two things in baseball that is huge. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness Randall Grichuk is okay. Uh, Reese McGuire, again, another Jay getting his first hits because we're just calling up everyone. That's great. Um, who do you guys want to see that hasn't been called up yet other than Vlad? <laughs> um. I, I thought we would would have called up like uh, Jason Ledlebijian from Buffalo. He played a few games this last year, and he almost made the team out of spring training, but he kind of had a shitty last couple of weeks of spring. He mm-hmm. would have been like kind of a utility infielder. He can play third or first base. Um, I thought maybe he would have gotten called up with our Russell Martin third base situation, but now that Salarte's back, Diaz is playing third mm-hmm. base, and he's actually and Gurriel's playing shortstop every day. So, I mean, we don't really need him. I can't really think of a guy outside of that who I really who's not up that I would have wanted to see. Anyone in the minors that uh, rings a bell for you, Patrick, that you would like to see on the lineup right now or no? No, I've seen everybody I want to see this year. I'm I'm satisfied with uh, all the debuts we've had. I'm over. These uh, it randoms. seems like everybody has done something. Yeah, yeah, they've done a decent job. Uh, let's we, get which in- is cool. Let's get into uh, who's hot, who's not here. Um, I guess, well, the upcoming week, we've got three against Boston, three against the Yankees. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the upcoming week because that is going to be so tough for the boys. Like, three Boston, three against Boston in Boston, three against New York in New York. What's going to happen there? It's a good thing I cry myself to sleep every night already because I, it, this week would have drove me over the edge. Are you going 0-6 this week or no? We might. Okay, Patrick, your prediction? No, dude, we're going five and one. Oh, All right, we got choo choo. The Pannon train is back in the station. <laughs> uh, we're gonna see Boraki uh, again at, in the fifth game out of the six, won't we? Yeah. Uh, uh, so we see him tonight, one, yeah. and we'll probably see him either yeah. Saturday or Sunday. I, don't, I can't math right now. <laughs> um, I think it's Sunday, but. I don't know. This is the kind of time of the year where the Jays always seem to get hot, and 
even though it's garbage time, I just I feel it in the air. There's something intangible in the air tonight, oh, and I think it's Collins. Ryan Barucki's amazing ability to strike out these Boston Red Sox. He's already got three Ks tonight. Uh, he's through four innings, one hit. I like our chances. I'm going to say we go five and one. Yeah, he'll blow it. We'll go two and four. You heard it here first. Four and six, friends. Um, let's get into who's hot, who's not. After teasing it for three times and failing to get into it there because I forgot about uh, the week upcoming here. Uh, let's talk about pitching first. Uh, Tim Meza was pretty freaking good. Yeah. Uh, in his last seven games, uh, three hits, two walks, seven Ks. Uh, he's got a .68 whip. Uh, he's only 26. Yeah. And that's kind of a fringe age where it's like you're not young, but you're not old. You should be in the prime of your career. Especially by pitching standards. Meza isn't really in his prime of his career. Like, he doesn't really, you know, stand out. Um, has he redeemed himself, or would you put him in AAA to start the year next year? Does he make our bullpen next year? We might need him to be our lefty guy. Uh, we don't have Aaron Loop anymore. No, we don't. So I'm thinking that we'll see... Buddy boy Tim Meza is our left-handed reliever, at least at least one of them if we have multiple. Patrick, does Meza have a future in our pen? Mm, yep. Uh, I think he's still got team control, and it's a waste of money for us to go try to find somebody else who's going to have, like, mm-hmm. negligible stats. Uh, like, it's just, like, it's a tough spot to be in when you're on a struggling team. Uh, Meza has been really hot his last seven appearances. Uh, He was like total hot, sweaty, stinky garbage uh, for the first, I don't know, like 30 appearances of the year, whatever it is that he did up until recently. But he's basically what, what I have been calling all year a quadruple A arm, which means that he's good in triple A, but he can't quite figure it out in MLB. Um, but for like lack of options, I'd rather us like invest the money in starting pitching than try to go out and find someone who's going to be like marginally better than Tim Mesa. That's the thing. A so. lefty's going to cost us a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. if we can get some mileage out of Mesa while he's playing above his potential, why not keep it rolling? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Pannone, he's back. Um, 21 and a third innings pitched, 17 hits, nine earned runs, six walks, 11 Ks in his last seven games. Uh, he's 24. He's also just so up and down. Is he going to be, uh, the Joe Biagini who plays better than Joe Biagini in our future? Spot starter, long relief bullpen kind of guy? At this point, yes. Depending what we do with free agents or pitching trades in the offseason, we might see him as our fifth starter next year out of necessity, at least to start the year. He's shown that he has potential to start in the big leagues. He's had a couple of good outings. I'd like to see him have a few good, more, a few uh, more good ones before the end of the year just to kind of close it out. Uh, but at this point, for me, yeah, long relief. I, I still think he, he and the team want him to be a starter, so I think we'll see him at least another year as that guy, like the chance to start. Patrick, do you see any future as him as our fifth guy, or is he going to be, again, kind of a Joe Biagini, back and forth from rotation to bullpen, kind of throw him in where we need him? Yeah, that's where I see him being, is like our, quote, sixth starter who will get spot starts. There's no chance he goes back to the minors. There's no reason he can't learn anything. He's already proven that he has the ability to beat uh, MLB level teams right now, even though, like I said, it's garbage time and it doesn't matter. 
for him, it really does because he's out here proving that he can do what we need him to do. Uh, because he's so young too, uh, he's not past that point where he has to be one or the other. Uh, it's the same with, I think, what they hoped Joe Biagini would be, where he could do the spot start and be effective out of the bullpen. It hasn't really worked out even remotely well for either the club or Joe Biagini. So Pannone is the newer, hotter, better Joe Biagini. Tyler Clippard is up next on the uh, Who's Hot Pitchers edition. Yes, that Tyler Clippard. Um, I don't think he should get used to being on this segment because he's usually on the who's not list. But uh, he had an okay week, so I guess we'll throw him on here. Uh, he pitched two and one-third innings. He struck out six. Tyler Clippert, I think, is the opposite of Mesa. I don't even think we give him a chance. I think he's done after this with the Jays, right? Like, we don't we don't hold on to him for next year. He's already done enough bad no. for us, right? Yeah, he's gone, I think. I think that's yeah. Time. How old is Tyler Clipper? Who cares? He's in his thirties, I believe. Even if he was nineteen right now, I'd say whatever. Get rid of him. Too many bad memories. <laughs> uh, let's get to the hot hitters here. Uh, Rowdy Teles. Uh, obviously, we're starting there. His first week in the majors: eight for eighteen, one dinger, four ribbies, five strikeouts, but uh, one walk. Uh, we kind of been talking about where he fits into the future with the Jays. Um, we kind of think that maybe next year. But it all kind of depends on Morales. That's the thing. Yeah, it all kind of depends Kendris. on on Kendris. Um, what about the story with him and his dad, though, yeah. and his mom passing and stuff like that? That emotional hug before the game. Mm-hmm. That was like a that was a super long hug. You it can kind was. of tell it was like, oh man, like that's yeah. super cool. Um, I don't know. I'm rooting for this guy. Is he like our new like Minori Kawasaki fan favorite? Not for his play on the field, though. I think he could be. For his play on the field, I mean, we've seen him. He had six extra base hits in his first three games. The first rookie to at any point in his season since Jolton Joe DiMaggio did it back in the 30s or the 20s or something like that, whenever Joe DiMaggio was a rookie. But that's crazy. Almost 100 years between rookies getting six extra base hits in a three-game span. That's not to start their career. That was any three-game span. So, Mm -hmm. But Rowdy did it to start his career, which is pretty cool. Um and, and lots of those, and a couple of those hits were to the left center field gap. So he, he took it the other way, which you like to see players do. They don't, he's not pull happy, which is awesome. Even his home run was to left center, so good for him for not just being a pull happy. <sighs> Rowdy had a really, really bad start to this minor league season, mm-hmm. and it's understandable with all the personal stuff he was going through that that he would have been a little bit distracted. Yeah. Um, but the last two months of the AAA season, he was he was lights out. Like he was playing really well. Right around the time that Vlad Jr. got called up to Buffalo, Rowdy started playing better. Maybe a bit of a coincidence, maybe not. But I mean, took Vlad, the pressure off of him. It, it probably did, and I think it probably helped. Like there was a really cool story that was posted on him that he started to open up to his teammates more this season, mm-hmm. but with all of his personal struggles, and I think that kind of helped him um, get through everything. And I mean. It's it's really terrible that his mom passed away after being in remission for a little while with her cancer. But speaking from experience, having loved ones be that sick, when they when they finally find peace, it, it kind of helps you find peace too. Yeah, in a sense where you can kind of move past the distractions and and sort of uh, get back to what you do best. And I mean, Rowdy's playing really well. And we have to give it up for him. Let's move on to uh, Aledmus Diaz then, because again, 
hot this week. Yeah. They'll be invisible next week, and then it'll be hot the week after that. But nine for 24, six RBIs, one dinger. Uh, he did strike out five times, but that's what Aledmus Diaz does sometimes. Uh, Patrick, I know that Aledmus Diaz is one of those fringe kind of guys, but I'm starting to lean towards him being on our team next year. Maybe not as a starter, but maybe as like the Ryan Goins of the team. Do you see him being the utility guy for next year, or do you see him being an everyday guy? Uh, you keep doing that with uh, every question I ask you, man. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's just you know what would that should have been the word you would have described the J season. <sighs> I almost did a sigh. Yeah. Uh, for real though, with Diaz, I keep saying this over and over again, like a broken record. Uh, he is fighting for a job next year, whether it's with the Jays or somebody else. That's why we're seeing super hot and then super cold Diaz. I don't think it's worth it for us to take a chance on him. I think we have team control. He's probably worth something to somebody somewhere. I say we package up all the players we don't want for next year, see what we can get, maybe some kind of pitching prospect. He could be a starting shortstop uh, or utility infielder, everyday utility infielder for somebody I just don't think it should be for the Jays because we've got way too many young guys to plug in all those holes that we're going to have in the middle infield. We've got Biggio, Bichette, Guriel. There's just a million names, and I just don't see the point of keeping Diaz after this year. Right. I really don't. Let's get to the fun part, the who's not. Uh, for pitchers, we got three. Uh, we got SRF, we got Sam Gaviglio, we got Justin Schaefer, um, out of those three, who were you most disappointed in this week? Or last week, I should say. Uh, I think Reed Foley coming off that big start was kind of a bit of a letdown with, with the way he pitched. But Gaviglio, we seem to have on <laughs> this list a lot, too. So I'm not really disappointed in him at this point. And Schaefer's just a young kid who got called up straight from AA to pitch with us. So, I mean, he's been he's been okay but he did have a rough week. So I, SRF for me is the most disappointing. Patrick, out of those three, who did you uh, not like last week? Sam Gaviglio. It's so frustrating for somebody who is like 75% there, but he just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what his block is. I it, Maybe it's the, the, the pitching coach. Maybe it's, there's something in his head now, whatever it is. It'll be good for him to just start fresh next year. I could see him being someone not really in our rotation, but if Pannone gets number five as a spot, Gaviglia would be the newer, hotter Joe Biagini, but not quite as new and not quite as hot as Thomas Pannone. I'm going to say that Schaefer kid because I heard nothing but good things about him, and I was kind of underwhelmed with how he threw. I was hearing that this guy, you know, he's got good stuff and he's a great pitcher. I don't know. He's very vanilla to me. Like, he didn't really stick out, and with me, when it comes to pitching, like, I want to see something that kind of, that makes it, makes you stick out, you know? Because, I mean, normal generic pitchers, they're a dime a dozen. If you want to make it to the majors and kind of make a splash, you got to have that one pitch. you got to have something about you that kind of stands out. He just kind of seems, again, he's that generic player you make on the show that's ranked 70 across the board and has generic style across the board. I was like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I never really saw him play before, but all these blogs and all the tweets I was reading, it was like, okay, the Schaefer kid, not bad. <laughs> yeah, he kind of underwhelmed me there. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the hitters here. Uh, Danny Jansen did not have a good week. Uh, two for 13. 
I think he's just tired because he was playing every day in the minors, and now he he hasn't gotten a break. Like he has been nonstop working, so I think he's just running out of gas. Is that his problem, Patrick, or is it something different? I, I mean, it's credit to him. It's a long season. He's one for two tonight, which is September 11th. Um, uh, he's probably. I mean, it's a it's a long season. Uh, let's go with that. Justin? Yeah, he. I think it's just growing pains for a young guy. He'll be fine. Uh, Justin Smoke, he is past his growing pains, <laughs> and he still had a rough one. Four for 20, nine Ks. Justin Smoke strikes out his fair share, but nine Ks is a little alarming. Here's the thing. We praised him last week. We were like, yeah, Justin Smoke, here we go, buddy. Now he does this. It's just kind of like, come on, Justin Smoke. Um, big question here. Will he be our starting first baseman next season? Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's too he's too cheap an option for someone who can mash thirty home runs, and I really think his ceiling is somewhere between like the mid thirties to forty, and he could net a hundred RBIs as long as he's healthy. He's already struck out once tonight. He's at bat right now, down one and two, so he might strike out again, which would kind of further cement our point of why he's on this list. But he's just I don't know. He's just He's up and down, but like generally speaking, we pay him to hit home runs, and he's provides uh, good to great defense. So I don't know. He's, not everybody can have a great week every week, and Justin Smoke is kind of par for the course for Jays. Uh, Kevin Pillar, we have to put him on here because he hit 192 in the last seven games, but still he won the Jays a game. So I don't think he belongs on here. But I'll throw them on there for you guys, okay? There <laughs> you go. Uh, let's get to the roundtable discussion today because it's a goodie. Um, I think on one roundtable we talked about what our rotation is going to look like for next season yeah. because, again, all we're doing, talking about next year. We're looking forward to it. Classic season. Jays fan move. Oh, it's all about next year. Uh, we're going to talk about what the outfield will look like next season. Um, as it stands right now, um, Billy McKinney, Teoscar Hernandez, Dwight Smith Jr., those are our left fielders. In center, we got Pilar, Gritch, Daddy, and Jonathan Davis. And then also in right field, Gritch, Daddy, McKinney, Dwight Smith. So a lot of overlap between all the positions. Um, right off the bat, I'll just ask you guys, what is our starting outfield for next year? Patrick. Uh, um, good question. I would say our starting center fielder is going to be Randall Gritchick. Uh, in right, it's going to be Teoscar Hernandez, uh, assuming we can't get rid of Morales. And uh, left field, Billy the Kid McKinney hmm. is going to be our lefty. Really? Why yep. Billy McKinney? Like, has he done enough this year to to prove to you that he can be a major league everyday outfielder? Absolutely, he has. Uh, his slash line since he got called up is three forty eight. 418609 so his OBP is through the effing roof. He's struck out a lot. Um but he's hit four home runs and six doubles in 69 at bats. Nice. Uh, there we go. Um he's not going to be a free agent for a very long time. And I don't know, just give the kid a chance. It's not like the team is going to compete next year. I'm of the opinion that they're not. Uh, I know, uh, Clayton, you have a bone to pick with that, but I say go for it. Give center field a Gritch daddy, uh, put T. Oscar in right, and if not, you know, Dwight Smith will probably be squished in there somewhere. 
uh, as the maybe the fourth outfielder. I think Kevin Pillar will be traded, and just it would give the the outfield a fresh look. And I just like the idea of having two big boppers and then one guy who seems to be swinging for average. I don't know. What do you think, Justin? McKinney has been a nice surprise since we got him. Um, It just seems weird. Like, I always think of our farm system. Oh, we're going to get someone from our farm. And this guy kind of seems like the new kid on the block. So it's kind of like, okay, came in late, whatever. But he's really been showing us that, like, wow, you know, he he deserves to kind of be there. But, again, I just – I haven't seen enough from him yet. He has been killing it with the Jays, but I haven't seen enough from him yet. There was Mm -hmm. a time when Simon Pond was also killing it for the Jays. And Jesus. I think we all know how that ended. Um, next year's outfield, Justin. Well, I, I, I agree with Patrick for the most part. Uh, I, I'm still of the belief that Anthony Alford will be up to start the season next year. Hmm. He finished this year in Buffalo with a 240 average. He only hit five home runs. Scouts still think that Anthony Alford has 20 home run power. And I agree with them. He does get doubles he steals bases he stole 17 bags this year in buffalo after the all-star break he hit 264 so it was actually better than his season average which was nice to see i i do agree that kevin plar is going to be traded this off season it's his last year of arbitration eligibility before he becomes a oh no sorry he has two years of arbitration eligibility still he made 3.2 million bucks this year i i, I see kevin plar getting that about three million from some other team. It won't be us. Uh, McKinney, yes, I think he's he's been up for eighteen games and he's reached base in every game he's played so far, whether it be via hit or walk. I like him as the fourth outfielder. I think we see Alfred in center, Gritch in right, Tio in left, uh, or maybe vice versa with Gritch and Tio, and I think Alfred starts in center with McKinney as our fourth guy on the bench, leaving out Dwight Smith Jr., who probably just goes back to Buffalo. Hmm. I would agree with most of that. I think we're going to get a free agent next year to mm. kind of shake things up in the outfield, but I can see – I still think Kevin Pillar is going to be our center fielder next year. I think Gritch Daddy has earned the right to play right field. And it's going to be a battle between McKinney and T. Oscar to see who gets out there for left field. I think they're both going to be on our team, but I just don't think Alfred or Dwight Smith Jr. are ready for that yet. But I think McKinney and T. Oscar would make a nice little uh, pairing in left field. And again, taking over for Gritch in, in right field as well. Um, I think that's how it's going to look. Um, another question here, where does Dalton Pompey fit in with Jays right now? Because it seems like we've been saying this forever. Dalton Pompey, he's coming. He's going to be ready. It's like the past four years. I didn't realize he's only 25. Yeah. But he's Canadian, and Blue Jay fans always get excited about Canadian players that we've just developed. Where does Dalton Pompey fit with this team? I think he fits in a nice trade offer to somebody this offseason mm-hmm. with Kevin Pillar. Really? <laughs> I don't think we give up on him yet, but it's getting to that time. Yeah. I, uh, Patrick, do you think Dalton Pompey, do you think we should give him, I don't even want to say another chance because we haven't really given him like more than one, but... It is very, very telling that a player like Pompey, who's been in our system for a while, has been passed over for the following players for an outfield position this year. Billy McKinney, Teoscar Hernandez, Dwight Smith Jr., Kevin Pillar, Randall Gritchuk, Jonathan Davis, Anthony Alford. They all got time. Dalton Pompey, what has he done? 
I mean, he has been passed over so many times. Billy McKinney, who we didn't even know, we didn't give a shit about his existence. And now Billy McKinney, we're talking about him being a starter in our outfield next year. True. That's a very, very bad sign if you're Dalton Pompey, the 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 player. Uh, if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, it's a great problem to have because I'm sure somebody would love to get their paws on Dalton Pompey for a second or third round draft pick. I say do it. Pull the trigger. Trade him. Give somebody else a chance. If he was going to make this lineup, he already would have, and he I hasn't. I don't like trading our Canadian talent, though. I, I got a soft spot for the Canadians on our team. Except for Corey Kosky. I don't know why. I just never like Corey Kosky. Oh, cement head. Yeah. Uh, last question. Oh, yeah. Cement head. I forgot about cement head. We never drafted him. We got him from the no, Brewers. That's true. Uh, we'll blame Milwaukee on cement head. <laughs> um, last question of the podcast uh, for today. Would you rather see the Jays break the bank on an outfielder? Like we're talking, they get like an Adam Jones or a Gardner or something like that, like a big name outfielder next year. Or would you rather see them get a slightly above medium starting pitcher, something that we desperately need. So would you rather us break the bank for like a flashy outfielder so we don't really need an outfielder right now, or would you rather see us do the safe thing and buy a boring pitcher? Pitching for me. Patrick? Pitching all the way. As much as I'd love to see somebody like Bryce Harper or (laughs) Adam Jones or Nick Markakis on the team, or even Kutch, who I love, there is just no reason at all for us to bust the bank open to get one of those guys when we're going to get something close to their performance, probably one to two steps below it from the guys we have. Certainly Bryce Harper, uh, the perennial MVP, we're not going to be able to get anything close to that. But I just don't see the point of us investing that much money in a spot that we don't really have that, like blatant a hole in the lineup i'd rather us throw that money at two elite pitchers like bryce harper is probably going to command at least 30 million can we agree on that yeah something yeah. like that 30 million a year i'd rather split that up and spend 15 million on patrick corbin and then 15 million on two to three arms that can fix the bullpen i agree but i just miss us hitting dingers i miss when the jays hit nothing but bombs and I kind of wish we would we're sign another big free agent. We're still close to the top of the league in home runs. I know, but not like we were before. <laughs> like, not the big, cool home runs. We're yeah. just hitting like monster dingers with Edwin and Jose and Tulo and all those guys. You know, I just miss it. I just miss the old days. Uh, you and every Blue Jays fan yeah, on Twitter. Let's end it on that high note there. <laughs> um, again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, look up Batflips, Maple Dips. Um, you can listen to us. I know you're probably listening to this on your laptop or mobile device or whatever. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. We're on all of them. Still no Nexopia, though, guys. And if you have Kazaa or LimeWire or ShareBear, you can download our episodes there because <laughs> you can literally download anything on those things, including viruses. So um, on behalf of uh, Justin and Patrick, uh, appreciate you listening. We'll uh, see you next week. Go Jays.